Today's daf is daf Lamed Vov. We are holding uh, about 12 lines up, 10 lines up on the bottom of Lamed Hamad Base at the two dots. Gufa, this itself was mentioned yesterday. We just quoted the Rabbi Barnosan. I'm a Rabbi Barnosan. Rabbi Barnosan said like this Tanu Chitin, if the claimant claims that you owe him wheat, Vahodaloba Saorim, and the uh, defendant admits to owing barley, but denies owing wheat, Potter, Rabbi Barnasan said a tremendous chiddush. He said that for sure you don't have to pay wheat because you're denying the wheat, right? But even the admission of the seorim on the barley, the claimant can no longer go after the barley because he said by, by claiming wheat, implicit is that you're forfeiting your rights to clay to uh, to the barley even though the guy's admitting to the barley but now you can't go after the barley because by saying no it was wheat not barley you are forfeiting the right to collect on the barley so the one wants to know again an amora doesn't have to repeat or something that is either explicit or implicit from a mishnah and we have a mishnah that is in i believe it's mesecha shvus all right and, and the Mishnah in Masechah Shavuos is dealing with the concept of motive mixes. Johnny mentioned this yesterday. But motive mixes, I say, you owe me 100. I say, you know, I only owe you 50. I can make you swear on the balance because you're admitting to part of what my claim is. And the one says there, but if I say you owe me wheat and you say, no, I owe you barley, you can't make the person swear. Why can't you make him swear? Because his admission was not part of what the claim was. Now, the Gemara understands right now is that the bottom line is that means that you cannot use his admission against him is almost, that's exactly what Rabbi bar is saying. It's like you're forfeiting the right to go after him for the barley, so it's not considered to be a partial admission. That's what the Gemara is trying to say. But if that's what the Mishnah in, in Shavuos is saying, then there would be no need for the Amora, Rabbi bar to teach me something which is literally explicit in the, in, in the Mishnah, or at least implicit in the Mishnah, from the Mishnah's ruling by motive mixes. You hear the problem here. So let's read inside. The Gemara says as follows. We learned in the Mishnah in Shavuos. Tana chitim. If you claimed wheat, vahodon, he admitted b'seorin, potter, his potter. Now the potter over there is talking about you can't make him swear because that's not considered to be a valid admission. Now the one understand. That means that he can't go after the barley either. Then what do I need Rabbi Barnasan for? So Moses says, nah, that's not correct. Because if you only had the Mishnah in, in, uh, in Shavuos, I could say Potter, it's not Moda B'Miktas, it's not a partial admission of the claim, and I can't make him swear. But it doesn't necessarily mean I can't go after him to pay the barley. I need Rabbi Barnasan to say that forget about you can't make him swear. When you say that the person is Potter in Shavuos, it means not only is he Potter, you can't make him swear in Moda B'Miktas, but you forfeited the right to make him pay you the barley. So you do need Rabbi Barnasan. It's not... It's it's not implicit necessarily from the Mishnah and Shavuos, right? So when it says like this, Ima said, if all you had was Mishnah and Shavuos, have him in a potter midmei chitin. Yes, potter means you can't make him swear. Uh, you can't make him, you can't make him pay on the wheat, obviously. But even more than that, potter over there is talking about this potter from taking the oath. But midmei chitin. But chaya, but you still might be able to hold him liable for the dmei saorin, for paying for the barley where there was an admission. 
Kamash Malan, comes around the Amor, Rabban Asim, telling the novel concept is that your claiming the wheat implicitly means that you're forfeiting on the right to claim the barley, and that's a tremendous chiddush. Okay. Kamash Malan, the potter legami. That's what potter means. You completely potter, you do not have to pay, not the wheat, not the barley. Okay. Tanan. Now, now we're going circling back to our Mishnah. Now, there's a long Rashi over here, we're going to have to explain it. But the Mishnah, basically, we had this really, the Mamash, exact the same thing from the first part of the Mishnah, and then we're bringing it to the same thing from the second part of the Mishnah. It says over like this, Hayuan Nezok and Shnayin, Echad Gadol Echad Cotton. We had uh, two uh, damagers, two oxen that were uh, run, running after the third cow, okay? And one of the oxen was, uh, was, was Gadol, and one of them was Cotton. All right, and there was an argument as to which one gored. It means we have witnesses that one of them gored. They were from a distance; they couldn't tell which one. All right. Now it is in the best interest of the claimant, who was the owner of the cow, that it was the larger animal that did the goring. Why is it in his best interest that the larger animal should be going? Because you have a higher value, because you only get 50% up to the value of the exactly. animal. Exactly. So the threshold of the cap is pushed higher. The defendant, on the other hand, the owner of the oxen, it is in his best interest to say it was the smaller It was a smaller one. So what was the ruling over there? So it says over there, it said that Yes, this is driving me nuts. So it says over there that uh, that uh, which means the burden of proof is on the claimant. Now, what does that mean? What do those words mean? The burden of proof is on the claimant. So in this case, it would be the guy who's damaged who's looking for money. The claimant. The, not, the Nizak is the one who was damaged. He's the claimant. And so therefore he, so he's going to the Mazak and, and so he's the one who's got to prove that it was the big one and not the right, little one. Right, but the implication is though, and if he cannot bring a proof. Then he's going to only get the little one. Right. Asks the Gemara, this flies in the face of Rabbi Barahuna's ruling. Because why don't we say the same thing? The fact that uh, the, the claimant said it was the large one, isn't that a de facto he's forfeiting on his right to collect... He's saying specifically, hey, no, it was the large one. And therefore, he doesn't have, so the therefore if he one. cannot collect from the right one without a, a raya, he should not be able to collect from the small one if you hold that grab by nothing. Right, right. Now, yesterday, we did ask that kasha, and yesterday, the way we dealt with it was... It was, he wasn't saying as a vadai, he was saying it as a shema. That's how we dealt with yesterday. So Raji says, well, why don't we give the same answer today? So Raji says, because if you give the same exact answer, then it's mamish, the exact well, same case. Guess, so what did you do? You, you, don't, you don't have to write the second case. That's why it can't be that exact scenario. So one's going to come up with a different answer. So one says like this. Says the Gemara of Ahalo and Maisirai, the implication is if you cannot prove that it was the larger animal that was the one that gored his cow, Shakyog, then he would still, at least he can collect based on what the mazik says. It means, okay, I can't collect from the larger one, but I'll collect from the smaller one, right? So am I, why should he collect from the smaller one? According to Ramabar Rav Huna's ruling, that if you claimed wheat, and he, def- and he said, no, it was barley, you don't have a right to go after the barley because by claiming the wheat, you're forfeiting the right to the barley. Someone says, am I chitim so therefore, so how are you going to understand this? The Gemara says, you're right. According to Rabbi Baravuna, you're going to have to explain like this. When it says that 
you cannot amotz mechaver lavaraya. Amotz mechaver lavaraya is that uh, you, if you want the wheat, you have to prove. Technically, you should be able to get the barley. Why should you technically be able to get the because barley? Because he, not because it's less of value, because the, the, the defendant admitted to the, barley. to the barley. So technically you should be able to get the barley, but you don't have a right to the barley. Why don't you have a right to the barley? Because you, you forfeited your right by being adamant it that it was wheat. That's what you have to say. So therefore it means, yeah, lito. technically he should be fit to be able to collect the barley based on the defendant's own admission, but the Anglo, but he, he gives up that right based on the forfeiture. That's how you have to explain it. So we, we thought originally means is that it clearly he can take it. No, we're saying, no, you're right, in the He can't take it, he should be allowed to take it, but by being adamant that it was wheat is implicit that it wasn't barley, and therefore, technically, he, now there's a problem, he's not able to take the, wheat, the, the barley. Now, the problem with that explanation is, I've told you many times, that the Mishnah is not as elaborate as the, the Brysis. And we have a Brysa over here that elaborates on our Mishnah. And what does the Brysa learn? Meaning, listen to the wording of the Brysa. Right now, we're saying is, if I claimed it was the big one, and you said it was the small one, and I can't prove it's the big one, then what's gonna be the din? Well, right now, you can take from the... Can, no, no. Oh, we said even though technically yeah. you should have been allowed yeah, to, but you're not able to because you forfeited, uh, you forfeited on the right. But looking towards the price of Ha'atanya, the price says, is that the outcome of the case of our mission is going to be is that without a proof, the, def- the claimant has to collect... For the, for the larger animal from the smaller one and from the smaller animal for the larger one, which is, the, which is not what he wanted because now it caps him. But you see from the Brysa... It's different than moving out though, but it's different than the Mishnah. But no, no, but that is, that's explaining the Mishnah. The Brysa is telling you what the shot in the Mishnah is. So for you to come and say is the Mishnah does not, is not a, a problem with Rabbi Barhunas, uh, because the way you understand the Mishnah means he technically should have been able to take the smaller, uh, the, the, the smaller one because that's what the, the, the defendant admitted to. The Brysa, we said, no, it doesn't mean he can't, but we said we can't because he forfeited by saying that it was the larger one. You see clearly from the Brysa, the Brysa doesn't understand that he forfeited it. The Brysa says the outcome he is he can actually get it, which is a kasha on Rabbi Barnosan. How's Rabbi Barnosan the Amora going to explain it? All right, so says the Gemara, the case is the Tafas. He's talking about he seized it. Meaning, if you go to Basedin, Basedin are not going to let you take it. Why aren't they going to let you take it? Because they're going to say, you're... You said, hey, it's the big one. And therefore, you can't, you can't take it, right. But where you seized it, we're going to allow you to keep it. Now, there's a lot of different interpretations. Why? Why does it make a difference when you seized it? Now, some learn that it's talking about he seized it before he made the claim. Now, if he seized it before he makes a claim, you cannot say that he's forfeiting on something that he already seized. It's one thing to say, I haven't claimed it, I haven't taken it yet, and I'm forfeit, I can't go ahead. But if he already has it in his possession, obviously he's not forfeiting the, the why, item. Why can't Bain tell him 
you got to give it back. They're not going to make him give it back because technically he has a right to it. The only thing is that he forfeited. He didn't forfeit it. Clearly, obviously he didn't forfeit it because that, why, otherwise, why would he have seized it? Others learn, no, it's talking about even after he made the claim, we only say it's a forfeiture. The way I understand it, this is the way I understand it. It's not for sure that he's forfeiting it, but it might be a forfeiture. So therefore, it might be a forfeiture. Prove to us that it's not. So therefore, the Motsi Mechavel of Arai goes the other way. But if he goes and seizes it, what greater proof that I didn't mean to forfeit it is the fact that what? I went and took possession of it, so we let him hold on to it. Okay, that's the case there. Tanan also, we're going to have the same idea. Now that we have the, 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 there, was, there were two cases in the Mishnah. There was a case of a large animal and a small animal, and then we had a situation where it was a Tom and a Muad. So basically there was a tag team. A Tom and a Muad of one owner went up against a larger animal and a smaller animal of another owner. And, they, and both animals were, were destroyed by one by the Tom, one by the Muad. But the one was destroyed as a large animal, and the other one was destroyed as a smaller animal. It's the best interest of the claimant to say that the, tom, that the Muad damaged my larger animal and the Tom damaged my smaller animal. Why? Because you get full damage with a tom. I'd rather get full damage with a larger animal. So that was the case over there. So he said that the mua damaged my larger animal, the tom damaged my smaller animal. Obviously the defendant, the owner of the oxen, says it's the other way around because that limits his liability. And the ruling over there is amotz mechavel araya. Simply put, is that if you want to get from the mua for your larger animal, bring proof. You want to uh, write and then the, uh, bring proof. You don't bring proof, though the implication is, then you have to be resi- resigned to what it is that the Mazik says happened, right? Our question is, what do you mean? You should get nothing. Based on Rabbi Barhuna's ruling, you should get nothing. Because if you admit, he's, you, 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 he admitted it was A, and you claimed that it was B, by claiming it, you're forfeiting the right, you should get nothing. Same time to the question that we had before. So Moana says like this, Nan, haya echad tam vechad muad. Hanizak omer, the claimant is saying, Hanizak is a gadol, that the muad damaged the large animal. The tam is a cotton, and the tam was the, long, the, the smaller animal. Hamazik omer, Loki, that's not what happened. El tam is a gadol, the tam damaged the, uh, the, the, the larger animal which is capped and the muad is a cotton which is not capped but the implication is that if the claimant can't bring a raya so then then he would get he'd be resigned to get what the mazik is saying happened but the chora amai according to Rabbi Barhuna this is a case of chitin v'saorin and this is similar to the case of the wheat and the barley and therefore he should get nothing so says you're right when we said which implies Therefore, he has a right, Roy, he technically should have a right based on the admission of the defendant, but he's forfeited the right, meaning he actually he's not going to be able to collect anything unless he can bring up proof. Roy little the Anglo. I, the one says the same question, that there was a Brysa that elaborates on the Mishnah that doesn't understand the Mishnah that way. What does the Brysa say? The Brizer says that, that what, he's, what he is resigned to get is that the, the Tom is what's going to be paying for the, uh, the Muad is going to pay for the smaller animal and the Tom is going to be paying for the larger animal, which is clearly not the way we try to explain the Mishnah right now based on Rabbi Una. Again, the Muad gives the same answer. It's talking about the Tafas. We're talking about a situation where he sees both animals. When he sees both animals, then the bottom line is you have to allow him to collect because clearly his, his claim was not a forfeiture because if, he, if it was meant as a forfeiture, then he would not have seized the animals. All right, let's go on.
Ask me a like, long time ago, later, later. Just let's talk, focus on you. I have to, we have to finish the block today. Ask me a question later. Right. So why is it like this? So we said as follows, that if there is two animals, okay, two animals that, that, that belong to one owner, and, and, they, and, and you find the dead cow, right? Now, the case could even be that we have witnesses that saw one of the two kill the cow. We just don't know which one it is. Now, it's a problem when it's two different owners, because then who are you making the claim against? But here it's not a problem. It's not that, that much of a problem. Why is it not a problem? Because it's one owner. So the way it's written is, you, it says both of them are chayev which implies that your liability comes from the, 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 the collection of uh, restitution can be made from either one. That's what it's saying, Shneim Chayov, that's what it seems to be saying. So, Amalam Rovam Parziko, the Rav Ashi, Shmamina, from the wording of the Braiso, it comes out, Shvarim Tamim, Sheziku, now the one understands right now, it must be talking about Tam. Because if it's, if it's Muad, then who cares? Who cares which animal did it? Which one? Because you're, you're, you're collecting it from, from, the, from the guy's house. You don't care about the cows. So it says like this. From here you see, Shvarim Tam and Sheziku, that if you have a, 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 a person's uh, a, had different had owned two different Tom animals, or three different Tom animals, and uh, they caused damage to uh, the claimant, they, they killed his cow, he can collect from any one of those animals. That's what it implies, because our Lashon of our Mishnah is that they both are Chayev, right? Now, to the point is, by the way, that let's say one of them get lost. One of the times. One of the times get lost. Now, you could, if I am the uh, defendant, I would say, yes, my Tom animal damaged you, but you know which Tom animal damaged you? The one got lost. I only have to pay you from the goof of the mazik. The goof of the mazik, you find it, you keep it. But you don't, I, so therefore, but you see, that's not, that's not what he says. He seems to hold is that if there were multiple animals present at the time of damage, you can collect from any one of those animals, right? So that's, what, that's, a, that's, a, that's a novelty because you could have thought the defendant is make sense, it's me goofo. Right? Then you could say the one that got lost, that's the one that did it, right? So therefore, you see, Ratamizegova, Ratamizegova. So Moira says like this, it's not such a proof, because who says we're dealing with Tom over here? Maybe we're dealing with Mua. So with Mua, technically, you could get paid from any animal, because it's, you can get paid from anything, right? So Moira says, Hachamayaskinan is Bemuadin. So Moira says like this, is that we're dealing with both of these animals were muad. So Gemara says like this, the problem with the land, that that is going to be, keep reading the Mishnah, keep going on in the Mishnah. So muadin, if we're dealing with both of the animals were muadin, Emma Seifa, let's go to the second half of the Mishnah. So Mishnah says like this, Haya echad gadol echad cotton. The case we just had, there was a tag team. A large animal and a small animal damaged a large animal and a small animal. Now, what were the arguments over there? The claimant was saying is, the, 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 the large animal damaged the large animal, and the small animal damaged the small animal. The defendant was saying the other way around. 
if we're talking about that both the animals were mu'adim, then who cares which one damaged which one? At the end of the day, you collect full damages from the guy's house. So therefore, clearly from the second half of the Mishnah, when we're talking about the two animals damaged the two animals, what are we talking about? We're not talking about them both mu'ad. It has to be talking about that they both were dumb. Everyone, you have the other proof. No, that was, that was the next case. That was the next case. You're talking about one big and one small. The next case was one wood and one tom. This was talking about they're both, we didn't say what they were, but the Chorot has to be that they're both one big and one small. They're both a tom. Because if they're not tom, then it makes no difference. Someone says like this. Someone says like this. It said, Echad cotton, Echad Godel, Echad cotton, Hanizak Omer Godel, Hizik, Hamazik Omer Loki, that's not what happened. Echad cotton, Hizik, Hamazik Omer Loki, that's not what happened. Who cares? Whether the big one damaged the big one, the small one damaged the small one, the horror you collect from Muadin, from, from, from the guy's estate. The guy at the end of the day has to, recompense, has to compensate full value of whatever the loss of your animal was. So what difference does it make? Must be that it's talking about both being Tom. So therefore, they are saying, Enachinami. Amalei Sefer, that case, clearly is talking about Tomim. But Reisha, the first half of the Mishnah, could talk about Muadim. We're trying to deflect the proof. The proof we said that, that both the Chai's Mashri could take from either one is, my, is trying to support the idea that one of them at last you can take from the other one. And we're saying it's not a Raya. Maybe the case in the ratio was talking about that they were both Muad. So we said, well, the, both, the case in the Sefer is talking about it has to be both Tom. Where it says, yeah, the case in the Sefer is both Tom. The ratio's case is talking about both Muad. That's what we're saying like this. So I'm going to Rav Saba Rav Still, the problem is saying that both Muad doesn't fit the wording. Because what does it say over there? Again, the case was one owner, two animals damaged the third animal. So it says, Shneim Chayovin. Now, Shneim Chayovin is, seems to be putting the liability on what? The animals. On the animals, not on the owner. If they are muad, the, the, uh, the only time you can say there's liability on the animal itself is when you're paying Megufo. Megufo is Tom. Saying that they say that they both were muad, then you wouldn't use the Lushan that they're putting it on the animals, Friendly you would put owner. it on the owner. Number one, problem number one. So how can you say it's muad? So Iachi, Bemuadin, Chayovin, it's, uh, it's, it's not, uh, it's Chayev Gavram, it violates the person, the owner is Chayev, not the animals. Problem number one. Problem number two, Vesu, what does it mean both of them are Chayev? Right? If it's talking about a situation that it's Muad, Muad is, it's Chayev. Not they both are Chayevin, you have an obligation to restore. It's not both of them are chayim. So one is that it seems to be going on the animals, not on the person. But also, what does it mean both of them are chayim? I mean, that it, it, so therefore, the, one thing is it, the terminology would seem to be indicative that we are talking about Tom. And it implies that you can collect from either one, which is what we were saying before. And therefore, it's much If one of them got lost, you can go ahead and collect from the other one. That's what it seemed to be saying. Basu, my shneim. What does it mean both of them? All right? When it says like this, Allah says they want to learn, they're going to learn like Rashi. Tosus does not like Rashi's shot here, but we're going to learn like Rashi. and clearly we have to be talking about a tongue. Both animals were tongue. But your question was, well, okay, I understand both animals are tongue. Why does it say Shneim Chayovin? Says the Gemara, it's going like the sheet of Rabbi Akivahi. Now, Rabbi Akiva, if you remember, we had a machlokas Rabbi Akiva, Rabbi Shmuel. Rabbi Akiva says, at the moment of impact, soon as the nezek happens, you become a partner, you get equity 
The, defa- the claimant gets the equity in the damager's animal. You get an equity in the damaged animal. The novelty over here is, is actually, so he says, the, and, and that's what it's saying. They both are chayev. When they're both are there, then you can collect. Because bottom line is, you go to the owner, one of your two animals, I have equity in. One of your two animals caused the damage, and therefore I own it. I own up to the 50% of the damage, I own in one of the two animals. So bottom line is, pay up, because I have a right to part of it. But it's only though if both animals are there. In Achinami, if one of them would have disappeared, then what would be the din? The guy can say, you have equity, but you know which one? one. That was the one you have equity, then you wouldn't be able to. So, so the, it's exactly the opposite. We thought it means you can collect from either one, even if one is not there. No, it's actually emphasizing because they're both there, then you have a right to demand. But Rashi says like this, this is where Tosa disagrees with Rashi. Rashi says, according to Rabbi Yishmol, remember Rabbi Yishmol says you don't have equity, it's only a lien. Remember, he said it's only a lien. So he learns that since it's only a lien and you don't get equity, even if one of them would be lost, so the lien can transfer from the one that lost to the one that... That's how Rashi learns. Tozer disagrees with that. Tozer says no. That even according to Rabbi Shmuel, if the one got lost and it's Magufo, you should not be able to collect... From, but, this, but that's how Rashi learns over here. So therefore, it's going like Rabbi Akiva, and it's time of the Isno It's only because they're both there, then you can go with Manushach, I have equity in some of these, one of the, one of the two, you have to pay for the damage. But if one of the two are no longer there, one got lost, or both of them got lost, then you would not be able to collect. Yes, you had equity. You had equity. But your equity was lost with the animal that is no longer here. So, and, and yeah. who was the lien? Rabbi Shmuel. If one of them are lost, then you, could, you would have to, then the, 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 the defendant be able to say to the claimant, you're right, you have equity, but you want, to get claim, you want to get paid from the remaining animal, you need to bring a proof that what? That this is, the, this that is, this the, is the one that did it, then you get your equity. So therefore, the high Torah ask bring a proof that this is the one that damaged you, and I'll bring a proof. We're beginning, Be'ez Hashem, Yisborach, the fourth parak, Yes. Could it be when they're saying both of them are liable, that both animals attacked your animal and damaged it? No, I don't think so, because then I think then you would have a right automatically to be able oh, to collect yeah, from right. both. From so both. They could still get Both of them are liable. Could Meaning you can collect from both. It doesn't necessarily have to mean that both did the damage. They both did the damage, and I don't know what the novelty of it would be. Wow. All right. The conclusion is that then Gufo cannot take from another If you hold, if you hold, according to Rashi, if you hold that you have equity like Rabbi Akiva, and one, and, and you have to find one, that then you have to find that animal. According to Rabbi Shmuel, well, you could you could collect. That's how Rashi does disagrees with that, but that's how Rashi learns. Let's go on, gentlemen. We need to put on our, our thinking caps right now. You have to be so. This is mathematical, okay? Let's go through this. Zog de Eilu Gemishnah. So we have a situation. Let's go. Ruvain's ox. Let's make it clearly. Ruvain's ox wins and damage. Shimon's ox. Levi's ox, Yehuda's ox, went and damaged three or four other oxen, or four or five other oxen. Now, Raji says, while maintaining its tam status, 
So you're going to ask me, what do you mean? How do you maintain your Tom status? If you've done it multiple times. Correct. So, Ra- so Raji says like this. What Raji answers, to make it go like all the opinions, because we had a machlok, because all in one day, different days. But Raji says like this. What happens is, it damaged the first time. All right? And what happens is, then the next time it had the opportunity, it did not. So therefore it loses. Now, then it damaged a second time. And then, instead of going one day without damaging, it had two other opportunities to do it and did not, and then it did it the third time. What Raji's doing, Raji explains, he doesn't want to create a situation that the intervals are equal. Because it's interval, you could still be a muad that you do it every second time. That's why it changes up. But that's how you have a situation that you can have multiple times, but it all stays as a tom. Okay, now. This is where things get a little complicated. Because if I would all ask you to write this Mishnah, so let's say you have a situation. Ruben's ox went ahead and bored Shimon Levi Yehuda. Okay? Now, each time it's Tom. Each time it's Chatsi Nezek. Who would you hold the liability is first responsible to? Who is like, collects first, who collects second, who collects third? First one should collect. That's what you would think, right? What you first one collects first. That's the first damage, right? That's what says the Mishnah. Says the Mishnah, right? So therefore, the first person who collects is the last one damaged. Okay, in our case, that would be Levi. Levi collects from this animal first. If there's anything left over after Levi collects. So let's say this was a $200 animal and Levi went and his animal was damaged, was also $200, was zero residual value. He can collect 100. So when he collects 100, there's still 100 of equity left in the animal. Then you can talk about going to the person before him, which would be Yehuda and if uh, Yehuda is so the last one. Yehuda collects first. Anything left over goes to Levi. Anything left over from that then goes to Shivan. Mom is exactly opposite what we would have thought. So there was Shafana of Shafana. And if anything's left over after Yehuda takes it, then, then uh, uh, after, I'm sorry, after Levi takes it, Reuben, Shimon, Levi, Yehuda. So first, the, the first one to collect is Yehuda. Then if that left over, goes to Levi. Anything left over, then, and, and, then Shimon is allowed to collect. Then Yachzil HaShifrei Ponov. Ha'achron, achron, niskar. So the one who is always going to for sure be rewarded, means the one for sure can collect his damages, is going to be which guy? The last one to be damaged. Now, clearly, that poses problems, okay? Now, comes along Rav Shimon. Now, I'm going to give you, I'm going to let out the, the, the secret of what Rav Shimon holds in order that it makes sense to begin with. Rav Shimon follows the position of Rabbi Akiva. But listen, it's very interesting. Rabbi Akiva took exactly. the position is that when, you're, when, the, when, the, when the mazik damages, right, the then the nizik becomes a partner. But now listen to this. This is to his benefit and his detriment. To, to his benefit. To whose detriment? The Nizam. Okay. Right. Now, why is it to his benefit? Because now he has made himself, he mamish owns, he's like a partner in that animal. But now, if that animal goes and damages a second person, he himself is liable. Because now it's considered like the ox of partners. 
went and damaged. So therefore, like this. So now let's just keep this. I'm going to do it conceptually, and then we'll put in the numbers. So it comes out. Reuven damages Shimon. Then Reuven and Shimon now owners that ox. When that ox damages Levi, then it comes out that Reuven and Shimon's ox damaged. Levi. When Levi's, when that ox now goes and damages Yehuda, then it's Reuven, Shimon, Levi's ox that damaged Yehuda. You understand that? That's what he holds conceptually because you get equity. The the desert gets equity, and the mazik therefore is responsible. Now listen carefully. So let's take a look at the numbers here. So Shimon Omer, Shor Shavim Asayim, Shinakal Shor Shavim Asayim. You had one ox that was worth 200. Reuven's ox was worth 200. That damaged Shimon's ox that was worth 200. Ve'ein ha'nevela yafek klum. No residual damage. No residual value, which means it was a complete obliteration. Okay? $200 worth of damage. How much money does Reuven owe Shimon? 100. 100. Which means that Reuven's ox that is worth 200 now is divided two ways. Means Reuven owns 100 of that ox and Shimon owes 100 of that ox. Clear, all right? So therefore, Zenotel mana Zenotel mana. This each one has 100 Zuz rights in that ox. Each one collect 100. However, if they did not yet sell it and split it, and this animal's Chazar v'nagach, Shor Acher, Shavim Asayim, and the same thing, the ox of uh, Levy was also worth 200, zero residual value. Now let's take a look. Levy, he wants to get paid. Now, how much does Levy have a right to get paid? 100. 100. Who needs to pay him? Both owners. Both owners, okay? Each one has to pay commensurate to their ownership in the animal. Each one has to pay chatzinezek from what it is that they own. Since each one owes 100, each one has to pay 50. So it comes out like this, is that, sh- that, that uh, Levy gets 100 in the ox. Now he owns 100 in that ox. Reuven and Shimon are gonna left being owning in that ox. 50-50. Is, is, so far so good. Yes, Ira? Yeah. Okay, so much is like this. So now, so, Ha'akronotelmano, uh, the last fellow gets his 100, which is, uh, Levi gets a hundred. Shlafan of the ones before him, Zenotel Chamishim, Zenotel Chamishim, Zuz. That's what would happen if it would stop here. However, it didn't stop here. Is that this owner now that has three, this ox now that has three owners, went and gored Yehuda. And his ox was also 200, and his ox also resi- zeroes residual value. Now, Yehuda says, I have to be paid Chatzinezek. What's Chatzinezek of my animal? 100. Who has to pay me? All three. All three. How much do they have to pay me? Each one has to pay, no. Each one has to pay commensurate to what their ownership in it has to pay from that chatzinezet. So it comes out like this. The last fellow, Levi, how much did he have in it? Chatzi of that is, he has to pay 50. The first two each own 50. Means each one has to give chatzi towards it, 25. Comes out now, at the end of the day, we have now an ox that's got four owners, and how much does each one have in it? Yehuda has in it? 100. Shimon has in it? 50. Reuben and Shimon, I'm not Shimon, Levi, I mean, Levi has in it? 50. Reuben and Shimon, each one has 25, 25. Okay, so it's like this. So therefore, Chazav and Nagach, he went back and it gored again. 
So now, another ox. So Shavu Masayim was worth two hundred. Ha'achron, which is Yehuda, not Almana, he gets a hundred. Shalafanov, which was Levi, gets Chamishim Zuz. Veshnayim and Rishonim get a dinar zav. A gold dinar is twenty-five Zuz. And therefore, they first to get 25, 25 zuz. The second one gets 50. The third one gets 100 from the ox that is worth 200. Clear? Yes. Now, says the more like this. Now we're focusing on the first opinion. That was Rabbi Shimon. Now, Rabbi Shimon, we understand. Rabbi Shimon clearly only works like the sheet of Rabbi Akiva. Clearly, it's going with the sheet of Rabbi Akiva. Why? Because it's based on having equity and becoming a partner. But we need to understand the first opinion, Rav Meir. Rav Meir actually was a Talmud of both Rav, uh, Rav Yekiva and uh, Rav Yishmael. So therefore we want to know, who does he hold like, Rav Meir? Now let's go through it. Now, says the more like this. It can't be going like Rav Yishmael. Rav Yishmael you don't get equity, but you get a lien. Can't be going like that. Because the rule generally is by liens. If there are liens of equal rights, not like we had before, one is the Nizak, one is a, a creditor. Here they all have the same lien created through Nezak. Usually the rule of lien is, who is the one that is guaranteed to get paid? The lien holders. Well, they're all lien holders here. Who is guaranteed to get paid? The first one is the one that gets paid. The last one is the one that's going to be the weakest. And yet in our Mishnah, it's the opposite according to Tanakama. So it doesn't seem to be going like Rabbi Yishmael. And the problem is, okay, so maybe it's going like Rabbi Akiva. It's clearly not going like Rabbi Akiva either. Because according to Rabbi Akiva, you get an equity in the animal when your animal damages. You get an equity. So how can you say the last one gets paid? He's for sure getting paid. The ones before that might not get. There's no way the ones before it don't get because since they have equity, but they're for sure going to end up. It'll get get a smaller amount, but it's not they're going to get nothing. So therefore, so it doesn't seem to go not like the understanding of Rabbi Rabbi Shmuel and not like the understanding of Rabbi Akiva. So who does the Tanakhama go like? Rabbi Akiva says they get equity, so they are getting equity. No, but they're not getting anything. Thing the, the, it's at the, the case, the, the case of Tanakhama, the last the, guy could get paid get and the early ones could get nothing. Out. So only if there's left over, what do you mean only left over? There's got to be, they have equity in it, there's got to be something left over, right? right? But the fact that the, the second part is that the Akiva must be the first Well, that's a separate problem. That's but, uh, guys, that's a bump, but we're trying to figure out who the first one goes like. The first one doesn't so seem to go like either, either. that's the problem. I'm gonna be, the, that's got to go before maybe, before this maybe, is over. That's got to go. Maybe they're not right, uh, right, shorts. Right. Maybe they're mosquitoes. All right. Yes. <laughs> All right. <laughs> anyway, says it more like this. So matnisin money. I don't know. Yesterday was bothering you. Today's coming yeah. to me. I'm exactly what the deal here. Matnisin money. Who is the author of our Mishnah? The Lord Rabbi Shmuel, the Lord Rabbi Akiva. Doesn't seem like a like either. Why not? You don't get equity, you get a lien. So if it goes with the laws of lien, then what do you mean the last one is for sure going to get paid? If it goes by liens, when it talks about liens, the one that's guaranteed to get paid is not the last one. Who's the one that gets paid? The guy is holding the first, not the one who's holding the second, third, or fourth. The first lien holder is the one that always gets paid, not the last one. Someone says like this, Rishon, Rishon is going to be by a lay. Right? I, I, and I learned these Gemaras, you know, again, my limited 
better to understand. But I just, you see the sophistication of the of Chazal. You know, this is like thousands of years ago, literally. Like, when everyone else is swinging this on is trees. This is real estate law today. Like, you know. Anyway, so when it says Rishon, Rishon, Niskar. You see, the, the first one should be the one that is the one that is benefit. The first lean older, not the last one. Right? So therefore, can't be Rabbi Shmo. Okay, what are the other options? Rabbi Akiva. The problem is, Rabbi Akiva, the Amar, Tura de Shutfoin, who? That he says that when there's damage, then the Nizak becomes a partner with the Mazik. Okay, that's what his position is. So therefore, but the problem is what the language in, the, in, in Rav Meir was, is that the, first, the last guy gets paid. That's not so difficult, because the last guy that gets damaged has a right to collect from the people before him. I understand that. But then it says, and if there's anything left over, then what? It goes to the one before him, right? That's not going to be the case. If there's anything left over, right, who would it be divided with? According to Rabbi Akiva? Yes. Rabbi Akiva says you have a lien... So therefore, it should be split. It should go to everybody, not just the last right, guy. The According to Rabbi Akiva, all of them are partners. They partner equity. They that's true. You might have a greater equity than the one before. Right, but but somebody, so you can't just say it just goes to the last guy and then it goes to the guy before him. It should be divided up based on the equity that's in there. So it doesn't seem to be going like Rabbi Akiva either. I think that's a better way of explaining it. I made it right. So it's two additional for who. So high age by Muslim. Wouldn't be if there's left over. Yaxlish Shvar goes to the one from before. Lekula me. All of the equity holders should be able to share. It, it might not be, it not be equally, but at but least. They share in the equity based on their ownership. That's position. correct. That's correct. So clearly can't go like Rabbi Akiva either. So how are we going to get out of this? So Rava comes up with a creative answer. So he says like this. He says, It's really going like Rabbi Shmuel. Now the problem is, forget, forget your problem, but the problem Rabbi is, Shmuel how does it fit the words of Rabbi Shmuel? Rabbi Shmuel well, says a lean, right? Now if it's a, no, lean, a lean, then so it should not be going that the last guy for sure gets, collect, gets to collect. It should be the first guy that gets to collect for because sure. He should be at the top He's got the, the first lien. Yeah, he's the one who collects first. So says Rava, he comes up with a, 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 an interesting chap. Listen to the case. The case is like this. Ruven's ox damaged Shimon. Right? Now, since Shimon's we're dealing... Ox. Right, now, obviously we're dealing with a Tom over here. Because we're not dealing with a Tom... Then none of this more makes sense. Because all everyone collects from the So now, what happens though? We've seen this before. That you're concerned since you get paid migufo, right? You're concerned that what happens to the animal might impact on your ability to collect. So right, what if hap- the animal goes down, the value of the animal goes down, you're, or you're or the animal gets lost, or he sells. I don't want the headache. So what did Shimon do? He went and seized the animal. Okay? Now, the truth of the matter is, his financial rights in the animal, even with the lien, is only, it's a 200 Zuz animal, he only has a right to 100. Now, the thing is, but now once you've seized it, you take over responsibility to make sure what? To make sure it doesn't get damaged. To make sure that it doesn't cause any damage. And if he's negligent now, which he was, because it got away from him and went and damaged, Ruben damaged uh, the next guy. Ruben Levy went to damage Levy. So now Ruvain is no longer financially responsible for the Shimon. damage to Levy. Why? 
Because Shimon's now seized it, he's got to respond. Correct. For it. Correct. He's a. Uh, a, a he's a. Sh- actually, has a Shomer Sacher. Rashi, the, the more calls him because he's getting wages. What is his wages? By determining, by, by ensuring yeah. that he's going to get paid, nice. he's considered that he's now he's considered like a Shomer Sacher. The that might have been Shomer Chem is also responsible. But now listen, what happens here? Let's take a look. The hundred that Ruvain has in it, that's unaffected. Ruvain owns a hundred in it that you, no one can collect from because you only have a right to collect from Ruvain for co- damage that he caused. The only one that could have collected from that it's was Shimon. Shimon. But Shimon forfeits his right to collect because once he seized, now he seized and he was negligent, right? So now he has to use what his right that he has to collect, he needs to use that to pay who? Levy. Levy. So now we understand the last one collects first. Levy goes and collects from Shimon? from Shimon. Why does Levy collect from Shimon? Because, because Shimon's taken on responsibility. But he can only collect from Shimon. He's capped at what he can collect from Shimon. Not only because of Chatzin Nezek, but he's can only take Chatzin Nezek from what? From what uh, Shimon, Shimon had a right to, which is only the hundred. That's that's what the case is going to be. Now let's just play it down the line. Let's say that Sh- Levy was concerned that he. Lose the uh, that the animal gets sold or lost. So Levi seized it, and then it went and damaged Yehuda. So now it comes out the exact same thing. Yehuda can collect from Levy. only from Levi because Levi took responsible. How much can he collect? He can collect whatever value Levi has in that shore at the time, up to fifty percent of Yehuda's right. damage. But now we've under- now we understand why it's the last one collects first. Yeah. Our question was, if you're dealing with regular liens, it should be the first one collects first. Now we understand, it's the last one that collects first is because he's only allowed to collect from the equity that's in that, or we don't use the word equity, from the amount that's in there that was, that was owned by, or we had a lien on it by the person was who was negligent, who was controlling it. That's, the amount, that's all he can take from. And each step the way, the person that was controlling it Owned half the animals. Or owned whatever the percentages were. They would be paying. It's not half, depends on how much the damage. If, you, if all the animals are worth the same the amount, then they'll be half. But right, right. Okay. Now. Wait, 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 so does that mean that in a situation where there is not the seizure of the animal, then you're depending right. Depending on whether you hold by Rabbi Shimon or Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi, Rabbi, Yishmo. Rabbi, Rabbi Shmo would hold Rabbi Shmuel or Rabbi Akiva. You would have to go you... first. The lien would go first. First lien goes first. first. Okay, yes, that's what we're saying. The reason it doesn't over here is because he sees. So don't it. think that yeah. it doesn't like it doesn't really go the way you actually think it goes. Yeah. Here's the scenario where it doesn't go because it was seized. That's what that's what Rubber wants to say. That's a creative way of understanding. So he says like this. So let's see it inside. Okay. Now we. We have to finish. It's going like the sheet of Rabbi Yishmol. The Amar holds that they are Bale Chobos. Bale Chobos mean that, that it's only a lien. It's not equity. It's not shutfim. It's not partnership. Okay? But the Kashalach, Achron, Achron, Iskar, should be Rishon, Nishkan, Mibayle. Your question was, then why is it going by the last lien? It should really go by the first lien. Why is it going by the last lien? In the case we're dealing with is is that the Nizak, when he, the one who was just damaged, what he went and did is he went and he uh, he seized, seized it. it right? He went and seized it. Okay, Venasa Alav Sachar. and what happened was 
by seizing it, he made himself responsible as a Shomer Sachar. Why is he a Shomer Sachar? Because now seizing it, you're fully responsible to make sure. All right? Iachi, if so. Now, the Gemara's question is like this. Listen to the Zagavali question. Because let's, 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 let's see it through. Let's say we start with a 200 Zuz animal. Okay? That 200 Zuz animal the, it was Ruvay's. It, it, it damaged, it killed, it completely obliterated another 200 Zuz animal. That gave Shimon a lien on 100, which means Ruvain is, owns 100 of it, and the most that Shimon has a right to is from 100, it 100. is 100. Now he was negligent. And Shimon seized it. Shimon seized it, and he was negligent. Now, it damaged Levi. The truth is, Levi cannot take from that full 200. All Levi has arrived from... from And he can only get half of it. And he can only get... Well, he had up to to the 200. Half of... Whatever half the damage was up to the 100. But, but, that $100, that $100 that was there originally... The Ruvains? Ruvains. That goes back to Ruvain unequivocally. Because no one's allowed to take that hundred dollars. Shimon can't. Shimon can't. He doesn't own Shimon. He doesn't own Shimon. And Levi can't collect it. So Moritz says like this. So why does it say that it goes back to the person from before? It should not go back. What the residual value should go back to the owner. So why does it keep saying it goes back to the person from before? You hear the question? Yeah. Yeah. So you're saying in this example, the the first animal damaged, the next second guy seized it, then when it was damaged again, the third guy is only eligible to, let's say, get 50. Is that correct? Whatever, no, that's my, that's my question. The question is, the, uh, the original hundred that the first guy had in it, since he's not responsible for what it does future, he, has, he always gets that back to him. So when it says that, what it seems to be saying what was left over goes back to the guy before, it doesn't go back to the guy before. Basically, what's left over, whatever. Right. Not, not, complete, not complete, there we'll see. But at least the hundred, the original hundred, right. has to go back to Ruvain. That's the most question. So Moira says like this. So Amr, so it says like this. If there's any residual left over, goes to the one before. That's not what it should say. It should say That what's left over should always go to the original owner. The original owner has a hundred in it that is uh, is untouched, right? Everyone hear the problem. Yeah, yeah. So Moira's going to say like this. You're right. When we say what's left over, we're not talking about what's left over the 100 that was Ruvain's. That's not what we're referring to. What we're referring to what's left over of Shimon's. Shimon has how much in there? A hundred. Shimon has a hundred. Now, th- we don't know what the damage to Levi is, but l- let's just play around a little bit. Let's say Levi's animal was only worth a hundred. Which means that he only owes Levy 50. Which means that the most that Levy can collect from Shimon's 100 is 50. Then what's left over of Shimon's 100 can go back to Shimon. You understand? We're not talking well, about the hundred. Back, he just keeps it. Well, that, that's right? where he's collect, what, where he collects his oh, original hundred that he had right, from yeah, that yeah. amount. So that that does go back to the one right before. We're not talking about Ruben's original hundred. No, originals are hundred. But what it means, if anything is left over after you pay the damages the from the equity that the person, that's what it means. So that really makes sense. So what it says like this. So I'm a Ravina. Uh, I'm a Ravina. So it's Hachi Kaktani. This is what the Mishnah is teaching. I agree with Rava's creative way. But Im Yej Ba Moser Ben Zakov, if there's left over from the damaged portion, 
from the damaged portion of Shimon, which was the hundred, if anything's left over, it goes back to him. Yachzul Shalfonov. All right? Now, okay, so now we've worked it out. Comes out, the second half of Mishnah is going like Rabbi Shimon, like Rabbi Shmuel. Why is Rabbi Shimon hold, like Rabbi Shmuel, why does he hold that it doesn't go to the first creditor, but it goes to the last one? Because we're talking about each subsequent person seized it, and then he was negligent, so he loses his portion. His portion is what has to pay. But he does have a right to collect from his portion for the damage that if there's anything left over after the guy, now, and then it makes sense, and therefore comes out that depending on the numbers, but let's say, the first, let's say Shimon had in it 100. Levi has in it, uh, 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 you'd, have to, you'd have to work out, but there's a way that there is, it could keep going back, and if there's anything left over, the damage goes to the one before, depending on the numbers that we're dealing with of the last one that could go so back. actually in this situation, Ruben's in good shape. He's 100 down. Well, he's down. still 100 down. Yeah, yeah. But, okay. But, but his 100 is safe. Be, his 100 is safe. Get, yeah. yeah, his 100 is safe because he, he's not right. negligent. And a guy like Levy could win yeah. with nothing. I mean, his, his, he already right. paid for his negligence. But he's done. He, he, but he paid for it. Why did he pay for his negligence? Because Shimon sees it. He gave up 100. Right. No, but I'm saying he gave up his 100. His 100 is done. I got that. Yeah, right. Okay. But these other guys can get never even, like the... Like the Shimon, Shimon could end up losing to Levy and Levy could, yeah. but the, therefore the last guy is always going to get because the last guy is the, he did no negligence, he just got damaged, so he can take whatever's available yeah, to him to take. Right, right. Now, Ravin Am and the same too when Ravin came very strong, the name of Yochanan, Bishum Pshias Shomrim Nogabo. We're talking about the negligence of Shomrim. The way you have to learn it, it's the negligence of Shomrim. Means there was a seizure and he was negligent. And say you also learned the Mishnah. That's how you have to learn the Mishnah. Now says the Gemara like this. So Bamayo Kimto. So now how have you? Established the second half of the Mishnah. This is Yisrael's question. You're saying the second half of the Mishnah was the Shita of Rabbi Shimon. That only works like who? Like Rabbi Yishmael. And Iach Yem... I'm sorry, the first half. The first half of the Mishnah we just said now was Rabbi Yishmael. All right, that was Rabbi Meir. Rabbi Meir went like Rabbi Yishmael. So Iach Yem a Sefer. Rabbi Shimon Omer Shor Shavim Asayim Shonaka Shor Shavim Asayim Ve'enot Leveli Ava Klum Zenot Lomana Ve'enot Lomana Chazav and Nagach and went back and gored again Shor Acher Shavim Asayim Ha'achra Not Lomana Ve'shlofana Ve'enot Lchamishim Zev Ve'enot Lchamishim He's quoting the Mishnah. Chamishim Zuz Chazav and Nagach Shor Shavim Asayim Ve'achra Not Lomana Ve'shlofana Ve'enot Lchamishim Zuz it could come out 150, 25, 25, the case of the Mishnah. Now that only works also Rabbi Akiva, because it works on having equity in the animal. So you have now the Amartura de Shutvehu. So Reish Rabbi Shmol, Sefer Rabbi Akiva. Now remember, this is a little bit of a different question because we do have two different opinions. There is a machlokas going on. The first Mishnah was espousing Rabbi Meir, and the second part of the Mishnah was going like Rabbi Shimon. They were saying, but Rabbi Shimon only works like Rabbi Akiva, and Rabbi Meir only works like Shmol. But the moral is like this, since these two are well-known positions, you would think that if it's really just straightforward, a machlokas, Rabbi Shmuel, Rabbi Akiva, then say, then say that's the machlokas going on here. That's what the more is bothered by. If it's straight up, that's the machlokas, then say that's the machlokas. Why are you putting it in later generation rabbis' names? So Amar in, the says, not the end of the world. How do you know it's not the end of the world to make ones going like Rabbi Shmuel and Rabbi Kibbe? Now we had this already on Tafyud. Daha Amar le Shmuel Yehuda. Rabbi Shmuel told Rabbi Yehuda, Shinina, sharp one, Shvok Matnissin, stop bothering trying to make the Mishnah go like all like one opinion. Vesavas Ryan, follow the way I am learning this. Reisha is Rabbi Shmuel, Sefer is Rabbi Akiva. All right. 
Tanan Hossam. Tanan Hossam. We learned this is a Mishnah in, uh, in Rosechus Kedushin and later on Daftari. Hatakelechavero. Rashi brings down, Tokelechavero is that you boxed him in the ear. Give him a punch in the ear. Or he brings down, it's that notion of Tkia that you, you went over and you blew, made a big noise, a noise in his ear. So we're talking about over here that either, we're talking about the payment here is you embarrassed him. Right? I mean, you can hear, you can scream in someone's ear, or even you box them, there's a level of embarrassment. The question is, Chachamim, when it came to the punishment for embarrassment, in certain cases, we learned earlier, there was set amounts of money allocated for those type of embarrassments. So what is the amount that's allocated for Atakel Chavero? So, no sin low seller. You give a seller. Alright? That's a seller is, the, uh, at this point we'll assume it means four dinarim. Four dinarim or four zuz. Rav Yehuda Om, Rav Yosi Aglili, Mono. It's actually a hundred zuz. Alright? It's, uh, uh, twenty-five times more than the earlier one. So, that's the machlok is what do you give? Do you give a seller? Which it could mean four zuzim, or do you give a hundred zuz? Ahu gavra, there was a certain person to takalachavre that he did this. He went and he was takeya. He boxed him in the ear. He screamed in his ear. Shalche raftuvia bar masna lekameid rab Yosef. So he asked him a very important question. He says, "We have our Mishnah. The Tan in our Mishnah says that you give a seller. All right, that's the chachamim shito, which seems to be the halacha. You give a seller." But we have, there are actually two denominations, fine, uh, monetary denominations, that's the right word, monetary denominations, in, uh, in, in, uh, that we find being used. There is the, what's called a Kesef Tsuri, and there's also what's called a Kesef Medina. Tsuri is the Tyrian, from the notion of Tyre, from Tsur, right? That was one system. And, uh, that actually was, was, uh, was made out of, uh, pure silver. Whereas, uh, a Sela Medina, which is the provincial Sela, it was actually one-eighth less. It had one-eighth less content. It was an alloy. So it only had, uh, it was a mixture of it, and therefore it had less silver in it. Which therefore, a Sela comes up being two different things. If when the Tana says that you have to pay a seller, he means a seller tsuri, you actually have to give four zuz. It's worth four dinarim. If the seller is the seller Medina, then it's only a half a zuz. So it's important to know. When we say you have to, for boxing someone in the ear, you have to pay a seller, which system are you referring to? So is it four zuzim or is it a half a zuz? Right? Same thing with the money? The mono is not the, it's the word seller. The slime is the issue, the seller. What does seller refer to? Right? Mono just means a hundred. Alright. So mono says like this. Tanan. So says the well, let's look at our Mishnah. Our Mishnah, when it wanted to give you the breakdown, right, of, you could have, in the opinion of, uh, of Rab Shimon, you could have four victims, and it goes the first, the last victim will get a hundred, the victim before will end up getting fifty, it's not actually four victims, but the payout to four people, and then it'll go twenty-five and twenty-five, right? That's the, that was the breakdown. Now, Rashi explains to me that, that when you break things down, and you, you don't want to use half numbers. Half numbers complicate things. So as long as you can keep the numbers whole, you could break them down, right? You don't want to break them down into halves, you want to break them in whole. Now, 
So Amar Leitanisu, we learned in our Mishnah, Shnaimari Shonim Dinar Zohov, that the first two guys get a dinar zov. Now how much is a dinar zov? A dinar zov is uh is twenty-five twenty-five zuzim. Twenty-five zuzim. Now now if you're telling me that the way of the Tanoim in our Mishnah, then when they discuss monetary denominations, right? They use a Sela Medina, right? They use not a Sela Tsuri, but they use a Sela Medina. We could have gone a further victim. We could have broken it down even more. How could we have said it? So Isaac Gadagtani Tana Sela Medina, that we're talking about Sela Medina, which is a half a Zuz. So the Niflog, the Nisni, you could, yeah, you could continue dividing, could, you could have added additional victims, and you could have gone like this. You could have gone down from 25 Zuz, you could have gone down to 12 and a half. I, we don't use halves, you don't have to use halves. You would have said 12 Zuz plus a Sela. Now, the fact that we didn't go down to the next level of 12 Zuz plus a Sela is because we couldn't. Why? Because a Sela is not a half azuz, a seller actually in the, in the Mishnah is going with the Tsuri for, would be four, and that wouldn't give you the number. So therefore, you would not have been able to go down. That's why you stopped at 25 uh, a, 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 a dinarim. You couldn't go down to the next, the next case. So there was so Venisni ad trace of a cell. You could have taught the Mishnah with the next victim that goes down to tracer twelve zuzim and a seller because a seller would mean half a zuz. The fact that we didn't go to the next case shows you because seller would not have meant a half a zuz. Wouldn't have come out the wrong number because seller would have been four zuzim. You wouldn't have been able to say it. So Amalei says I don't agree with that. I mean, I, what, what the Tana is like a peddler that he keeps going along and going along like schmoozing with the next guy and the next guy and the next guy there's no purpose of making another victim what would the, if there's a purpose in creating the next victim in the case then he would have created it so you can't bring me a rise from the fact that he never went down to the next victim and broke down the money even smaller. It can't bring a riot from anything because there'd be no purpose in the Tana going in and doing this. It can't bring me a riot from it. She says, Tana ki You want our Tana to go like a peddler. Peddler goes from house to house and keeps going and keeps schmoozing and keeps selling. He says, no, there's no purpose of our Tana to do that. So therefore, you can't bring me a riot from our Mishnah that, that, that in the Mishnah, when the Tanoim used a Lashon in the Mishnah of Sela, it would mean a Sela Medina. It could mean Sela Tsuri. You don't, you don't know. Uh, I mean, you can't mean Sel Tsuri. It could mean Sel Medina. You can't prove that it doesn't mean Sel Medina from our mission. So, my Havi Allah, what's the bottom line? What's the halacha? When it says Sela in the Mishnayas, is it the Sel Tsuri or Sel Medina? And the halacha Lamaisa in our case is the guy who boxed the guy in the ear, does he have to give a half a Zuz? Or does he have to give a fourth? Does he have to give four Zuzim? So Pashtua Mihada Amrav Yehuda Amarav. They were they were posted to Shiloh. They they stated definitively, conclusively, from the statement that was made of Yehuda Amarav. What did Yehuda Amarav say? Call Kesef Amr Betayra. Whenever you find the monetary no, uh, denominations in the Torah, you come across a seller, right? You come across right. So that's Kesef Tsuri. So that is a case of Tsuri, which is the seller is worth four dinarim. Alright? Rashi brings examples where we see that. Vashel divreyam, but the chachomim. 
When the Chachamim refer to Sela, which would be in the Mishnah, for example, then it's Kesev Medina, so it's one-eighth of that, so the Sela of the Mishnah actually is a half Azuz. And therefore, this fellow, for boxing the guy in the ear, does not have to pay four Azuz, he has to pay a half Azuz. So, Amaleahu Gavra, so the person that was boxed in the ear, so now he hears, instead of getting four zuzim, he only has a right to collect a half a zuz. What can you do with a half a zuz, right? He says, so therefore forget it. It's not, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not even going to take it. You know what, give it to Tzaka. Give it to the Aniyam. Alright? Now, after he had said this, I guess he was getting thirsty. And he says, you know what? I could pick up a soda for a half a zoo. So, you know, I changed my mind. Give it back to me. Let me have it so that I can go and, and get something uh, to, like to refresh myself. So he says, Amarle, Hadar Amarle, then he changed his mind. He said, Nasvinahali, give it back to me. Azul the Avri Bey Nafshoi. Let me go and resuscitate my, my, my soul. Literally, I'm going to go refreshed. Let me go have a drink with it. So Amarle Rav Yosef. Rav Yosef is too late. The Anim already acquired it. Now, how did the Anim acquire it? He never gave it to the Anim. So, how did the Anim acquire it? Even though there are no Anim here, when you said, I'm going to give it to the Anim, there was no Kenyan made by the Anim. The Anim weren't here. So, how did they acquire it? Why don't you have a right to take it back? He says, Anan, I, Rabbi Yosef, I am the Yad Anim Anan. He's the Gabbai Tzedakah. He's the Yad of the Anim. So, when you said, I'm giving it to the Anim, my holding it was Kona it on behalf of the Anim. We had like a Maimon Shoshtan, we had a Sitchuk that like transfers automatically from, from, to this, to this, uh, to this person. I don't know exactly Maimon Shoshtan, but it transfers through because of Yosef was the Gabai Tzedakah uh, for them. And what's the Raya for this? The similar concept. It says like this, we know that on a Yovel, so if you have outstanding debt, Yovel will uh, expunge, wipes, wipes it out. Will wipe, or not only also Shmita. Shmita is Meshamet, the outstanding debt. So Shmita wipes it out. So the Chorah, so therefore every seven years you're going to get your debt wiped out. So they came up with a mechanism that's called a Prusbul. Now what does a Prusbul do? It, as, it ascribes the owner of the debt to Basting. Basting take, take it for you and it doesn't get wiped out when Basting have taken it. So Rav Yehuda Amr said, Yesomim ain't on prusbul. Yesomim don't have to write a prusbul. Why don't the Yesomim have to write a prusbul? Why doesn't their debt get wiped out in Shemitah? Why don't they have to write it? Yesomim So too was taught in a b'raisa by Rami Bar Why? Because Rav Rabbi Gamliel obeys Dino Avien Shel Yesomim Hoyu. Because Rabbi Gamliel and his based in, I guess it applies to all Bate Dinim, they're considered the father of the, uh, the father of Yesomim. Since they're considered to be the father of the Yesomim, therefore automatically they are like taking responsibility for the debt that's owed to the Yesomim. So there's no need for them to write, even though there was no actual formal Kenyan maker, don't need it. Once the, that's the same thing, the Gabbai Tzedakah takes it on behalf of the uh, thing. So that's the, that's the same thing over there. So that, that's, that's, the, uh, uh, that, that's the point over here. So, 
We had a situation here. Mar brings down a little bit of a humorous story. Chanan Bisho. Chanan the bad one. We've had him in a number of places. He was known as like an evil one. He was a, uh, his name was Chanan the, the evil one, the bad guy. Taka Beilahu Gavra. He went and he boxed the guy in the ear, right? So, uh, and they came to Bastin, and Amal, uh, so Azul Kamei Ravuna, they came to Ravuna, Amal Ezeel Havle Palge de Zuzo. He says, the Allah is you have to give a half a Zuz, so you owe this guy now, you have to pay him a half a Zuz. So Havle Zuzo Mako, he had like a worn out Zuz, a worn out Zuz that became effaced, and not many people want to take it, but he figured, I'm already going to pay the guy, I'm not going to use my good money. I'll pay him, but I don't want to give him the, the whole zuz. I only owe him a half a zuz. So, boy, le misfile mine palga. He wanted to break it in order to give him a half. The problem is, palga zuz, but lo hav mishtakale. None of the storekeepers, none of the money change, want to break it. So he figured, you know what? He says, atakale achrina. He punched him a second time, and he gave it to him. Might as well get my money's worth over here. And this way, he gave him, this way he was able to give him the full Zeus. Gentlemen, have a good day. Wow.